I want a colossal donut, just like the one on the sign. Don't! Nuts! That's false advertising! Sorry, sir. No refunds. I paid for a colossal donut, and I'm gonna get a colossal donut. Welcome to Double Impact, the podcast where we double back on the movies that impacted us growing up as 90s kids and decide whether they hold up today or best left in the past. I'm Tristan. And I'm Greg. It's a final Halloween week, Tristan, the final Halloween week for 2022. Exactly. Halloween was, I guess, a week ago today as of this episode hitting your ear holes. But whatever, time's a flat circle and if Halloween wants to go one week longer, it does. Yeah, and we're getting, you know, further mileage out of the decorations. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So tell tell your wives that you'll take down the Halloween decorations after this episode. We decorated this year. Did you? Yeah, I think you you got to, to show, like, families that you got some candy. How You went trick-or-treating this year. How was it? Uh, it, was, it was pretty chaotic. Quite a lot of kids doing it. Yeah. Carol was like, not many houses are involved. I'm like, feels like there's a lot. I felt like there was a lot. <laughs> Different standards perhaps. <laughs> I got a do- Carol got me a dollar fifty hockey mask from uh from uh, I don't know, probably Kmart. Nice. Did the trick? Nice. Yeah. I did not go trick or treating at all. You could have got Seymour dressed up. I didn't do anything Halloween related. I ever got Seymour dressed up. We went down to like a dog dress up competition. <laughs> It was the cutest thing ever. <laughs> yeah, you're fully that guy. Yeah, man. The um you're like New York Nico material now. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yes, I am, Ken. Yeah, that, he had a good recap. Just, do- I just love the, th- the great thing about dogs dressing up, and I guess really little kids too, is they have no idea of what's actually happening, and so the the contrast of like a real high concept costume and lack of self awareness is a beautiful thing. It's, <laughs> it's so great. There's a guy. There's a guy in my street with a greyhound who had like a spider suit on it, and it was just wriggling around as the dog walked. It was pretty freaky. Yeah, the dog ones are great, and the ones that give them front legs, almost like from the front, they look like they're standing upright. Those ones are oh, fucked. Oh yeah, the old stand, the so old standy trippy. suit, extra arms. Hey, this is our first. Uh, oh, not our first. It's one of our. Well, kind of our first TV show episodes. Uh huh. We did Transformers, which is kind of an overall TV and movie thing. But this is our first individual episode. Episode Little little show called The Simpsons. Yeah. And I think it could be something we do more regularly. I mean, we'll see how it goes. But friends of the show, if you're enjoying this episode, let us know because, I mean, TV shows in general, maybe we can cherry pick them, cherry pick episodes from TV shows if we're doing a miniseries and it's relevant, mm. like this one here. Mm. We've talked before about if we do like a a dog miniseries, we could do that episode of Futurama with Seymour in it, namesake of my own little mutt, ah. and uh, et cetera, et cetera. You know, who knows? Who knows? The world is our oyster. That's an, ex- that's an expression they say. It's an oyster. Now, the episode we're doing, of course, is Treehouse of Horror 6, which came out in season seven of The Simpsons back in 1995. Mm. Big year. The middest year of the 90th decade. As Jonah Hill might call it, mid-90s. Correct. <laughs> you ever see that movie? I never saw that movie. It didn't look all that I think I have. that interesting. I did see it. It's like, do you like that movie Kids, but you want to see a more boring version? <laughs> without all the, without all the provoca- provo- provocation. <laughs> With no edge. Anyway, take us back to 1995, Greg. 1995, well, I thought I would keep us on, on theme and talk a little bit about uh, some sweet treats of the era. Oh, nice. Yeah, good call. Um, it's, it's all very US-centric. I couldn't find too much on what was going down in Australia in 1995. Oh, yeah. But in America, the most popular item was a Hershey's Cookies and Cream Bar. Boo. Boo. I'm not a big Hersheyman. Same. It's... Uh, yeah, I think it's, it's what you're raised on. We weren't raised on Hershey. Yeah, Mum like brought Kirstie's kisses, kisses back occasionally when she visited Canada, but I was always like, hmm, I mean, I'll eat it because it's chocolate, but. It would be the last thing you'd eat. If you if you went trick-or-treating and got Hershey's in Australia, it would be the last thing you eat. Yeah. Yeah, so big year for Hershey's. 
But um, I also found some. Uh, I found a website that said the year and told you the, the the biggest release that year. Oh yeah, and the biggest release apparently was the Starburst jelly beans. Ah, were you into the into those, Tristan? Never heard of them. <laughs> You've heard of Starburst, obviously. I've heard of Starburst. I never didn't know they did jelly beans. They released a je- a jelly type bean. <laughs> a jelly type bean. Interesting. Yeah. So I did some digging on the old Star. Were you big into Starburst? I remember they launched in Australia where it was kind of a big deal. It, it might have been later deal. than this too. Ty- yeah, it's the flat circle situation. I don't know what year they released in Australia. Yeah, it did feel like we got it late. Yeah. But I don't know what I'm basing that on. I think I assume we did. It definitely wasn't an 80s thing. Yeah. Well, they have been around. They were originally known as Opal Fruits. Ah. Uh, made by Wrigley. And they were introduced into the UK first um, in 1960, would you know? 1960? Good Clickety clicked. And they had their factory in a very well-known place for uh, factories, also good for paper factories, in Slough. You might remember Slough from The Office. Oh, uh, yeah. Turns out there was a bit more there after all, Tristan. <laughs> Not just paper, it's Starburst. Um, and I guess that they provided the paper for... Starburst people, one would assume. True. Do you think Starburst launching in the UK first was perhaps a driving force behind the big book of British smiles? (laughs) (laughs) It's it's potentially does. Yeah, let's say I'm going to say yes. Ah, good little uh, sec. Anyway, so that's that's your that's your two candy treats. They're probably not the biggest, uh, most revealing ones for us Aussies, at least. I like the Starburst. Is that though. two or one? Wasn't it Starburst? What was the other one? The Hershey's Cookies and Cream. Oh, totally forgot about that. Yeah, of course. Hershey's, entirely forgettable. <laughs> <laughs> I shouldn't say that. We'll probably pitch for Hershey's at some point. Yeah. Well, yeah. I can help them fix that. Yeah, there you go. Are they popular there? I don't know. I assume they are. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, big time. People like that. that's... That's the baseline chocolatey, as yeah. far as I can tell. Yeah. You can get more and more Cadbury now. Um, like even Kit Kat here is made by Hershey. Wow. Yeah. I would uh, I'd just stick to the many cereals. Yeah, good cereals here. Good cereals. I don't mind a bit of cereal as a dessert item because, I mean, they are basically desserts. Yeah. Well, we had the cereal milk ice cream the other night. That, that was good. Oh, uh, yeah, true. We did. We did. Hey, you know, 1995 was a big year for candy, a uh, big year for Hershey, big yeah, year for yeah, Starburst. Yeah. Starburst burst on the scene. Big year for television as well. Starburst burst on the scene. Give yourself a drum drum hit. <laughs> big year for TV, hey? It was though, wasn't it? It was. Might even say the golden era. <laughs> it was kind of the golden era of TV. The number one show in 1995 was ER. Oh. Number two, Seinfeld. <laughs> number three, Friends. Now, this is where we get a little more obscure, uh, but like the member berries are rich. Caroline in the City. Remember Caroline in the City? Of course. That was Michael J. Fox's With Leah mom. Thompson. Yeah. And it was a big, some of these shows were bigger than I realized because you'll notice as I go through the top 10, The Simpsons ain't even in the top 10 and never was. Wow. Which is crazy. So Caroline in the City it wasn't on as long, obviously, but, wow. you know, it. It did well. The candle that burns twice as bright burns half as long, I suppose. But do you know what? It had the um, whatever had the golden lead in. Oh, uh, yeah. So if you were that 8 o'clock slot, well, I'm assuming it was the same time over there, uh, 8 o'clock slot after Friends, so Friends was 7.30. If you were after it, which was the 8 o'clock Monday slot, like suddenly Susan. Yeah. That show yeah, that's the it. type of shit. It, it was such a, a science that they had to like crack with – with the scheduling, which is kind of redundant now, right? Because everything's on demand. But yeah, oh, it's yeah. funny. Um, anyway, another obscure one, or maybe not so obscure because it was a number five TV show in the US in 1995, The Single Guy, who we talked about with old mate from oh. Weekend of Bernie's. I enjoyed that show. Yeah. He was nearly Ross in Friends. So he was nearly then, Ross in Friends. Anyway, number six, Home Improvement. <gasps> number seven, Boston Common, never heard of it. Never heard of Boston Common. Number eight, 60 Minutes, still going, still going. Number nine, NYPD Blue. Number 10, ah, Frasier. 
Frasier. Frasier. That was a nostalgic member berry in itself. It was. Really, really was. We've gotten so used to the fil- films of the era. Yeah, it's like fresh It's fresh material to cover. Third Rock was still around then. Murphy Brown was still going. Roseanne was still going. Grace Under Fire. Remember Grace Under Fire, another show? Oh, yeah. <sighs> Memories. All the What television. a trip down memory lane. Anyway, um, not in the top 20 at all was a little show called The Simpsons, which this very year released a little episode called... Treehouse of Horrors 6. Uh, So Treehouse of Horrors 6 aired on October 29... 1995, achieved a Nielsen rating of 12.9, which means 12.9% of households tuned in. Now, to give you some context, ER, the number one show I just mentioned, ER, on average it would get 22 Nielsen ratings points. Wow. So Simpsons, it was pretty interesting. Simpsons was never that big as those shows, as big as those shows. Um, Simpsons seemed to average... Yeah, around that 12-point mark. Mm. It seems like season – I was looking at like which seasons peaked in terms of ratings and it looked like season 12 was the peak and it was it got to the top 21, just outside the top 20. So, yeah, there you have it. Well, for context, you would would kill for a 12.9 rating program now. Yeah, in Australia, it's certainly the case, right? You don't get anything above a million viewers anymore, pretty much, right? Not really. There's like, no, only for special events and maybe the block. It's crazy. You know, it used to be, we talked about this on the Back to the Future episode, it used to be that TV shows would have higher ratings than movies. So like when Michael J. Fox did Back to the Future, like more people saw one episode of Family Ties than saw Back to the Future at cinema. Wow. It's crazy. Wow. That's a wow if ever I heard one. Anyway, um, this episode came out and it was a big fucking deal. Was it mm. a big uh, a big movie? <laughs> Fuck, shows you how much muscle memory is part of doing a podcast. Was it a big episode of television for you, Greg? It was a huge episode of the television in this house. I think, <laughs> it really uh, was. And, you know, we were talking about was it on every night and it obviously wasn't because I feel like there was – Oh, a lot yeah. of build-up around this episode at the time. Case in point, yeah, good, yeah, exactly. 3D Homer was, you know, that was the talk of the playground. It really was. In the lead Literally. Up I remember talking about it. Like it was fucking exciting. Mm. It was mind-blowing stuff was that was about cakes. to go down. Um, it was a big <laughs> deal and then it was kind of short. Yeah, yeah. I think the 3D thing was the most exciting thing at the time in terms of the anticipation of it. Yeah. I recorded it. I definitely taped it off telly. Oh, definitely taped it. And then off the back of that, I don't think I taped much then. And so I rewatched the fuck out of it, man, like so much. It might be one of my most watched Simpsons episodes. I think the other episode I had taped was that Homer Loves Mindy episode, probably a oh, different season. But, season, that's but season for some five. reason I taped that. Oh, so not too far off. Yeah, that was one of my favourite eps. I know it well. Yeah. Man, those two eps. Just rewatch the hell out of them. What a time! I th- I do remember though being a little disappointed in the three D segment. Maybe yeah. in terms of length, yeah, and then also in terms of girth. No, also in terms of a <laughs> <laughs> uh, little little sexy joke for you. Um, also, just in terms of when he comes to the real world, I was really reflecting on this today. I think it was that he didn't look like a real human. It bothered me. Like his proportions are so weird compared to now. Yeah. I kind of like that, but at yeah. the time, I think I I wanted to see him. You know, if he turns three D in the three D world, why doesn't he turn human in the human world? And isn't he going to engage with some humans? He just walked into a cake shop, and that was the end. Yeah, yeah. I, I thought we just get started it over like, here. Yeah, Homer joins the real world. You're like, whoa. Yeah, they may have oversold it, but all that is lost on me now and I just enjoy it for what it is. But Goddamn it was so hyped. 
<laughs> it was such a big event for us. It was. The biggest talk of the schoolyard until good cop, bad cop. <laughs> for very different reasons. That's got a different Although erotic cakes way. is maybe somewhere in the Venn diagram. It's what? It's got a different name. I went looking for it. Oh, in the US? Yeah, yeah. Well, we're talking about that Pamela Anderson movie, if anyone's wondering. Yeah. Um, and then I remember one. there was the other one she did called Snapdragon. Oh, I don't know that one. Yeah, bit of cultural appropriation going on there too. Some, like a kimono <laughs> thing. Oh, nice. Classic 90s stuff. It is. Um, should I get into the origin story of Treehouse of Horrors in general and this very episode? Please do. Origin story. Okay, so I thought it would be nice to do a little uh, little context setting for, for Treehouse of Horrors in general. I was hoping you would. And then into this very episode. So first installment in 1990, season two of The Simpsons, it was inspired by EC Comics, Horror Tales by EC Comics, which was big in the 50s. So I think this is Matt Groening's childhood, you know, inspo. Um, I don't know much about horror tales. And when I looked it up, it seemed to be a catch-all term for a bunch of different titles. But this was the same publisher that made Tales from the Crypt comic books. So you kind of get the sense of the vibe there. Um, Good, pulpy, scary stuff. Um, Interestingly, this, this phrase or this name, Treehouse of Horror, has been applied retrospectively. It wasn't actually used on screen until season 14. Oh. So you'll notice when you watch this, it just said The Simpsons Halloween Special 6. I right? didn't notice. It's a, I didn't notice that either. It's like a reverse Mandela um, or just a Mandela. <laughs> a reverse Mandela is still a Mandela effect, isn't it? <laughs> Correct. But, uh, yeah, and, and ironically enough, only the first Treehouse of Horror took place in the treehouse. Oh, and they're telling the stories. Yeah, right? That was the first one. They're in a treehouse telling stories. So interesting. And, yeah, the ev- part of the evolution of it was that in those earlier specials they did have these wraparound framing devices like the treehouse, like Marge warning that it's scary, like whatever that one was with Homer going, This is my voice. On TV. (laughs) (laughs) I like those. I wish we had more of those because there wasn't one in this episode. And apparently Treehouse of Horrors episodes are the hardest ones to make. How so? uh, For a few reasons. So from a a design point of view, they require the most new stuff. So new backgrounds, new character designs, new concepts. Um. And then from a writing point of view, they basically have to do three times the work. So cracking three story ideas, that sort of thing. So even though the stories are shorter, it doesn't necessarily make them that much faster, right? And then they've got to do all the – they've got to write James Hellbrooks. (laughs) They've got to come up with all those catchy names, exactly. But they did consider ending them because they are so much harder to make. I think they used to make them at the beginning of the season – I'm unclear on when the season starts in the US and when it ends, but apparently it used to be the first episode. No, it used to be the last. Basically they write them between seasons now because they take so long. Um, and I think it becomes like the first episode of the season or a, or an in-between or something like that. Um, and, yeah, so they, they, they almost just cancelled them because they were too time-consuming. But as complex as they are, mm. they're the most enjoyable to make for the writers and the designers because they get to break all the rules. Uh, and so often sometimes what ends up in a Treehouse of Horror episode, yeah, sometimes what, what ends up in these episodes is stuff that was a little too adult for the main feed. So, it, it, yeah, it's, 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 it's part of the mix. You need it there. I love these things, man. I think Treehouse of Horrors are some of my favourite episodes for all those reasons probably. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Here's a bit of trivia for you. So while what happens in in these Halloween specials is is not canon, you know, that's always people die and stuff and they're not, you know, it doesn't affect the main the main episodes. With one exception. The character Uda, the German exchange kid. <laughs> yeah. He was introduced in a Treehouse of Horrors special. The only character to be introduced in a Treehouse of Horrors that made it into canon. 
Good for him. Good on you, Uda. When he was, when he gets eaten, Uda Broughton, the one where the they run out of food in the cafeteria and they start eating the kids. Oh, probably, yeah. That must be it. Five to six strike you as odd that Uda disappeared and suddenly they're serving us this mysterious food called Uda Broughton? Oh, relax, kids. I've got a gut feeling Uda's around here somewhere. <laughs> After all, isn't there a little... Uder and all of us. <laughs> in fact, you you might even say we just ate Uder and he's in our stomachs right now. <laughs> Wait, scratch that one. <laughs> Man, we were talking about this before we recorded that these episodes are so dense. It's so hard to not just talk about every single fucking line. Like they're so good. Yeah. I, I was watching it again just an hour ago and fuck, there's just so much. Anyway. All right. So for this episode specifically, Treehouse of Horror 6, this may have been the first episode. I'm not totally sure. This may have been the first one without the wraparound framing device thing uh, because it ran so long. So it had the shortest opening, like it didn't have the full theme song and that sort of thing, and then just went straight into it after a quick, what's the fucking thing called? Sleepy Hollow reference. Oh, uh, yep, yep. Crusty there. Yeah, but apparently they before they got to that stage, apparently they were trying to do some kind of wraparound concept with Al Gore, but he'd, he'd never got back to them. <laughs> yeah. What's with that, Al? Yeah, I don't know. What a jerk. Kind of shows you the kind of person he is though, right? Uh, yeah, who doesn't call back the Simpsons? You're a real son of a bitch, Mr. Gore. Now, in terms of the individual stories... Um, Attack of the 50-Foot Eyesores was written by John Swartzwelder, who used to work in advertising, mm-hmm. funnily enough. Mm-hmm. And he's been he's credited on over 59 Simpsons episodes. Um, he was part of the writing team on the Simpsons movie and is credited with the Spider-Pig song. So a heavy hitter yes. in the Simpsons world. He is. I've got, um, got a funny story about him. Can I share it? Should I share it now? Yes. So he was, he was, he's a bit of a, um, so he's a, apparently he's widely regarded as one of the greatest comedy writers. Yeah. Very, very popular. But he sounds like yeah. a massive C-U-N-T. I got the sense that he's almost the Kanye West of the Simpsons writing team. Like yeah, genius, it, but God damn it, man, shut your damn mouth. <laughs> yeah, seems to so be he's, like, he started out, yeah, his first, job in writing he he wrote something into letterman but didn't put his name on it and they liked it so they tracked him down and they got him in for, and then he like cruised in for some interview but he was blind like like blind drunk. drunk so he got into this oh, interview wow. and letterman and just basically shouted at people and told them why they're writing on the show is shit <laughs> and they're like okay you're not going to be on this show but the guy but one of the guys that sort of managed the writers for a bunch of the shows said, we'll put you on SNL. So that's how that was his. It suits that lifestyle a little better. Yeah. And he apparently wrote a bunch of the environment-themed uh, episodes Yeah, for The Simpsons, but he's very anti-environment, according yeah. to Wiki. <laughs> anti-environment. He obviously sabotaged the Al Gore idea. That was his doing. Yeah, that's, yeah exactly. <laughs> it was him. He never actually called. Al, Al's listening to this show going, what? Simpsons never ran. <laughs> Sorry, Al. It was Swartzwelder. Take it up with take it up with Swartzwelder. <laughs> yeah, he seems like an interesting fellow. He and does. He's a a bit somewhat of a recluse, of a recluse now, isn't he? Yeah, he's a yeah. gun-loving American. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that lives in the woods. It, it just seems anti everything. It's just so funny, yeah, because the Simpsons seems pretty progressive, lefty. And he seems the opposite of all those things. Yeah, which, and know, he wrote those, some that. of those episodes. Yeah, it's, yeah. It'd be fun to rewatch them now. I might track down his. See if there's any subliminal messages. Yeah, there's got to be some. Yeah, even some superliminals. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. The, the the second story, Nightmare on Evergreen Terrace, written by Steve Tompkins. He had he had only four Simpsons credits to to his name, and and uh, only led one episode himself. So more of a niche Simpsons figure, I suppose. Yeah, but he left it. He, he, his one was a cracker though. Yeah, which was it again? A Millhouse one or something? Yeah, Van Helton's Get a Divorce. Uh, oh, do you want man. me to get the cat to guess? Because the cat could guess. 
<laughs> you know when they're play, they break up playing pictionary. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's dignity, it's Luan. <laughs> is, it, is it dignity? Is that what it was? <laughs> is it dignity? Don't you even know dignity when you see it? Kirk, you're spitting. Okay, genius. Why don't you draw dignity? Oh, that's a that is a that's a high, very high ranked episode in my in my head. <laughs> the Simpsons is so good that I reckon it'll be hard to rank even a top fifty to, to decide what goes in and out. Mm. It's just so much good shit. Mm. Can I borrow a feelings up there? It's up there, man. Oh, and oh, then I sleep in a racing car. <laughs> Sorry, but I was—I promised. I said to Tristan, I'm really conscious of just repeating Simpsons lines this episode, but it's like I'm doing my best. It's still very weird how similar um, Milhouse's parents look to each other. (laughs) Isn't it? Uh, Anyway, the third story, the 3D one, Homer Cubed, written by David X. Cohen who of course would go on to make Futurama. So I guess we're getting Mm -hmm. a glimpse into that world with this one. It's interesting. Uh, And the original idea was also to have him visit several dimensions, including one where everything was made out of paper cutouts. But, you know, in in an episode type that's complicated enough already, this was scrapped. um, Yeah, I think for obvious reasons. Fox weren't too big on the the bouger required for this either. They were like, uh, yeah. Uh, exactly. Do something cheaper. They they begrudgingly gave them a a crane for that final shot. Yeah. But uh, if you watch it, you notice that the crane it like it's quite jumpy. The shot it's not very smooth. Mm. I wouldn't have noticed that back in the day, but I guess now that we have better quality, everything it's a bit more noticeable. Mm. And I didn't notice, but apparently you can see. The, the traffic backed up behind it because they couldn't actually close the road or anything because they didn't they did <laughs> it pretty scrappy it basically. Yeah, <laughs> on good. Ventura Boulevard. Hey, um, just rounding out the the writers. Um, David yeah. X Cohen gave us steamed hams. Oh my god! <sighs> which you famously have a a cartoon interpretation of a beautifully framed cartoon interpretation, which you've moved from above the toilet, which I fed back on in my recent stay. Yeah, I'll put, I'll put it back above the toilet. You used to have this picture. We've, have we talked about this picture on the show? I don't think so. I've got a beautiful artwork based on steamed hams that is framed very elaborately <laughs> and used to hang above my toilet. So guests could, you know, have some humour while they pee, if you're a man. Yeah, while they're steaming I guess girl, Girls can sit backwards if they want, yeah. Girls can sit backward, true. Um, I assume they did. Just to admire, yeah, just the, to admire uh, the steamed hams. Yeah, <laughs> and he's also done that other the new show, the fairy tale one. He's he's that guy as well. He's a producer or something. Oh, disenchanted! Disenchanted! I knew you'd know. I keep forgetting that show exists. I bet it's good. I, I remember watching a bit of it when it first came out, and a, yeah. maybe similar to Futurama. I didn't like it right away, so I gave up initially. But I'm sure I'll get back to it at some point. Yeah, yeah, you will. Oh, this is really good. Yeah, <laughs> and the rest of the world will too once it's over. And it will get renewed again 10 years later or something. Ah, such is stupidity of humans like myself. Anyway, Bitch Bash Bosh, you got yourself a Halloween special right there. Yeah, you do. Now, this is usually this is usually where we play the trailer. Um, there is no trailer as such for this, but I did find the original TV promo for this very episode, so I'll play that instead. Oh. It's monstrous. Keith, there wasn't a monster. That was the captain of the high school basketball team. It's hair-raising. <laughs> it's Homer in 3D. Holy macaroni. Don't miss an all-new Simpsons Halloween special. Oh, man. Part of Fox's Halloween Bash Sunday. Classic. You know, they say you can't. I don't think they said it. It was just on screen. It said hour long. They just played the episode twice, those cheeky bastards. <laughs> what? There you have it. That's weird. That's weird. It is weird, isn't it? So weird. Now, this is usually the part where Greg does a plot synopsis, which we're, get, we're still going to do, right? You're going to fly through all three and then we'll kind of break them down one by one? Yeah. There's three stories. Yep. Tales, three tales, tales the first, Attack of the 50-foot <laughs> Eyesaws. Uh, Homer mm. goes out for a donut. 
I want a colossal donut, just like the one on the sign. Uh, from Lard Lab Donuts. Is that an actual thing? Anyway, he goes out to get a colossal donut. He gets his donut and it's, you know what, Tristan? It's a regular-sized donut. Now, Homer's not one to tolerate such false <laughs> advertising. That's false advertising! Sorry, sir. No refunds. So, he does what any self-respecting American would do. He goes back and steals the giant donut off the statue. Uh, so he takes the donut, drives it home. It's not really edible. I don't know why he did it. It's Homer. Um, and then a freak storm comes, Tristan, don't you know, mm. and yes. brings Lard Lab to life. And he's like, hey, I want my donut back. Help me, Lord. I told you, Flanders has it. Or Mo, Go kill Mo. So anyway, Lard Lab and other giant advertising uh, figurines across town, like Marlboro Man, all come to life, and they're terrorising the place. And so Homer gives the donut back, but Lard Lad just uses that to smash things up real good, like. <laughs> and so Lisa's like, okay, well, why don't we go to the ad agency that created these characters and, you know, get an ad executive to save the day? Which is probably the correct thing to do because they're somewhat superheroes. Yeah. And they get this guy uh, and they write a jingle with this guy, Paul Anker. You know Paul Anker? I do now. I do now. I and him uh, up. yeah, we'll talk about him. Nice. Yeah. Uh, and, um, and they write a little catchy number that says if advertising, if you ignore it, it goes away. So they ignore it and um, mm. that's kind of what happens. Boom. That's the first episode. Uh, okay, story the second, uh, Nightmare on Evergreen Terrace. Um, now this one is the Freddy one. Groundskeeper Willie is yeah. Freddy, don't you remember? Bart has a nightmare, um, the Groundskeeper Willie, he's had, he has a Looney Tunes nightmare that Groundskeeper Willie's going to kill him. What to wreck your acquaintance. <laughs> It was only a dream. Bart, is that you? Yes. Take out the garbage. Anyway, it turns out that Marge and Homer confessed that um, they were at the school some years ago to discuss the uh, misprinted calendars. That lousy smudge weather got them. And uh, Homer (laughs) inadvertently turned up the furnace and killed groundskeeper (laughs) Willie. You'll pay for this with your children's blood. All right, how are you going to get them? Skeleton power? I'll strike where you cannot protect them. In their dreams. And uh, so that's a, you know, they they fight him off and Maggie saves the day, but you get the idea. It's it's Freddy Krueger as as groundskeeper Willie or vice versa. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> the yeah, opposite. Classic. Classic. <laughs> classic. <laughs> and then Homer 3D, uh, we've discussed that one, but remember what happens. They're they're hanging around the house and then they hear that Patty and Selma are coming over to talk about their holiday and declam some shells. <laughs> oh, you can just suck them. You can out. just suck them out. <laughs> <laughs> it's, so gross. it's still gross. <laughs> Uh, and so Homer hides behind the bookcase. I'll take my chances in a mystery wall. <laughs> and falls into a parallel universe. Uh, and then they try to get him out, but he kicks over a cone and pieces a hole in, in the fabric of the space-time continuum. And it pulls him in. Uh, eventually, and it's uh, he goes into an erotic cake store. Yeah. Finn, that's it. Finn, beautiful. Oh, classic, classic. Yeah, Fucking classic. <laughs> it really is. Um, it really is. So, okay, let's let's tackle these. Let's tackle these one by one. Attack of the fifty foot eyesores. How was the rewatch for you, Greg? It was uh, great. 
Um, yeah. The thing that struck me most, I think, that we sort of touched on a little bit was the the, the sheer volume of one-liners. Oh, and man. I was watching it thinking, oh, man, how are we going to talk about this just without repeating lines? Because, wow, there's a lot of lines. It is almost genuinely every single line is a banger. Yeah. Like a banger. And I think they can do that in these Halloween specials because they're just all these – Every scene is an absurd situation. Yeah, just like they revel in the a, a three second, yeah, like a three second moment, like Chief Wiggum shooting the basketball, <laughs> the high school basketball kid. It's just fucking yeah. great. Every everything in this is great. The smudge. And oh no, that's that's not this one. That's the last. That's, oh, that's, that's the next that's one. The next one. That was my favorite line. Yeah, the whole episode is full of classic things, like that. and the whole episode because, like I said, rewatch it so much. Like firing this up and this thing starting, I, I think like Attack of the Fifty Foot Isaws was the one that I kind of didn't didn't really think about or, or thought about the least, I guess, as like yeah a favorite story. But I really enjoyed it this time, and being the first of the three, just as it started, it really was. It's like revisiting a childhood memory. Like it's like it felt like entering your childhood bedroom or something. It's just such a rich. Mm tattooed in your brain kind of memory. It was almost overwhelming. Um, I, I mean, I have definitely watched it Did you fall since off I was the couch? a kid. But almost. That would have been pretty crazy. <laughs> now, in watching it, though, I, I did notice like a few other jokes. Oh, actually, you know what? I didn't necessarily miss them last time, but I think a lot of the jokes, I don't know, some of them I like more. Like the one you just said, uh, that's the Homer episode, but like the you can just suck them out. <laughs> Some of these jokes well, I didn't really notice that much as a kid, but now they're the funniest ones to me. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It's great. Anyway, who is Paul Anker? I looked into that. Did you look into that? As I well? looked into Paul Anker. Did we find the same thing? That he's <laughs> what? Quite the Lothario. Okay, no. I found. Okay, I'll go first, and we'll do. Let's do a little Paul Anker corner. Okay. Um, so. So I was looking into it and interestingly, I mean, I did about a 30-second deep dive because I didn't have a ton of time. And the thing that stood out to me was just some of the songs he's done. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, ironically enough, he writes a jingle in this about killing advertising. Now, in an age where advertising is facing unprecedented challenges, uh, uh, side note, you know, there's an attention shortage out there. So Paul Anker's song was correct. If you, can't, if you don't pay attention, advertising disappears. Mm. That's that's what we're facing now in our day jobs, isn't it, Greg? Ooh, anyway, time. he writes this song, Just Don't Look, Just Don't Look. At the same time, what is the biggest platform, uh, the biggest media channel, the biggest media property that we're always talking about in every bloody brainstorm these days, Greg? It's, of course, TikTok. Mm-hmm. And what is one of the biggest trending songs of all time on TikTok? None other than Paul Anker himself. Um, oh, what? One of the sexier trends. See if you recognize this one. Put your head on my shoulder. Oh. You recognize that one? It's a it's a slight remix that they use, but it's like that. Does it have like a gunshot in it, and then they wear, and then the girl wears something sexier? Yeah, it's one of those classic TikTok ones where it's like, oh, look, I skip past those. Look how, yeah, me too. It's disgusting. It's horrible stuff. But if I did watch them, how it would go is, um, like, chick dressed in normal clothes, and then, oh wow, look how sexy I am. As yeah, that song you plays. couldn't tell from the beginning that I was sexy. Yeah, because they had their hair up, and now I'm in, <laughs> and and a sweater on. Yeah, now I'm not. <laughs> yeah, in a sweater. <laughs> he also wrote he wrote the theme song for Johnny Carson. He wrote or co-wrote She's a Lady for Tom Jones yeah. and co-wrote some songs on MJ's final album. Uh, that's Michael Jackson, not Michael Jordan. Now, what, what, what did you find something Lothario-related? Oh, just it? that he had a bunch of hot wives. <laughs> nice. <laughs> it's nowhere near as fascinating as your, as your, 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 your little closed-loop sleuthing there is. is wow. Chef's kiss. Well, you've closed another loop because that's a sexy TikTok trend and he was a sexy man. He was a sexy man. Lovely. He's a sexy man. He's, <laughs> he yeah. married his uh, <laughs> Swedish personal trainer. Nice. Classic. Uh, I don't know, Anka. <clears throat> she kept the name. 
Good for her. She's now on the Swedish reality show Svenska Hollywoodenfrau, which is Swedish uh, housewives, Hollywood housewives of Sweden. Uh, really? Yeah. You haven't heard of Svenska Hollywoodfrau? I'm a little out of the loop on that one. Yeah. yeah. The <clears throat> housewives shows. Yeah. 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 Well, he's the man. Yeah. <laughs> he's got some. He's he's got teeth like yours in our cartoon imagery that we've recently had done. Uh, yeah, Greg, Greg briefed an artist to do caricatures of us for our pod artwork. I think they made us too handsome, but uh, maybe so you. Know. Mine looks. I look like a dorky tech guy, tech entrepreneur. <laughs> we look. I think we both look great, and maybe that's how the world sees us. Maybe this is like a Dove Real Beauty scenario. <laughs> it's probably. <laughs> we'll put them on the gram and get some feedback. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Anyway, where were we? Uh, Paul Anker, quite the man. Paul Anker, what a guy. He's from Canada, don't you know? Oh, you broomhead. What are you talking about? Oh, yeah, the other thing about this episode, Greg, and I remember doing this as a child, was just how many people die, and especially in the first one. Because oh, yeah. I think, um, I don't know if it was this episode or just these episodes in general, but I remember my maybe my mother being like, well, oh, these are pretty violent. And I remember counting how many people died in it. And I looked it up again now I forget. It was like 20-something. But it's pretty significant, like pretty horrific murders <laughs> Yeah, throughout this episode. They, they, you could tell they, um, they're really itchy and scratchy, the, the humans in, uh, yeah. in these apps. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all right, do you have anything else on, on, on this story or should we get into the next one? Let's go number two. Get number two. Nightmare on Evergreen Terrace. In their dreams. <laughs> this is probably the one that I look back on most fondly. And maybe the, oh, no, they're all pretty dense. But this one, that whole, the smudge, all that stuff, man, fuck. It's, it's crazy. Just, like, It's crazy. It's so clever. It's just relentlessly clever. <laughs> it's it's oh, mind-twistingly. It's amazing. How, how you do that? It's just so beautiful. The one thing I didn't notice before, like genuinely never noticed before until this rewatch, was that opening scene where Bart's obviously dreaming, and it's and it's a little bit Looney Tunesy with like some of the his eyes flip around or whatever. Yeah, yeah. The whole scene is more Looney Tunesy than I realized. Yeah. The backdrop has that beautiful hand painted aesthetic. Yeah. I never noticed that before. It's an homage. Never noticed it. Yeah. Never noticed it before. What was Beautiful his name? Who was the Beautiful? Who was the guy? Tex or whatever his know. name is. There was a the guy that painted all those. The main the main oh. animation guy from Looney Tunes. Tex. Tex. I didn't know there was a guy. I follow an Instagram that's just Looney Tunes backgrounds because they're all these amazing art pieces of art. Um, I love them. I want to buy them as artworks. The Red yeah. and Stimpy ones are really good too. You can you can buy originals online, and they're a bit cheaper than buying animation cells. Yeah. So you don't just have to get Scratchy's arm or whatever. Scratchy. You can just get a full backdrop. <laughs> and they're just beautiful artworks in their own right. You frame that thing, people mm. will be like, what's that What's that beautiful piece of art? It's not R- just a piece Robert. of art, it's a piece of culture. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man, smudge. Oh, what about um, these, again, sort of the jokes lost on me as a, as a, as a little one. Not lost, I noticed them, but they're funnier to me now as an adult. Like the things they were voting on at the parent-teacher conference, <laughs> like doorknob repairs, $12. Nay. Fire extinguishers, this is a free service. Nay. And you got like, and Ned Flanders is in there giving it nays as well. Like it's not, it's yeah. everyone. Yeah. And uh, the Van Outens are back at it again too. He's like, I want to see the lunch menus in advance. I don't like the idea of Millhouse having two spaghetti meals in one day. <laughs> <laughs> and I was actually thinking, Greg, ironically enough, wait, yeah, wait, no, that's the other guy wrote the other episode. But still ironically enough, is that is this kind of a, a, a allegory for global warming? Whoa. Allegory or Al Gore. Al Gore. Allegory. <laughs> so yeah, it could be a metaphor, Greg, because think about it. You got all these the adults in a room, bureaucracy, you know, with very easy solutions to this fire that's about to break out. Doorknobs, twelve bucks, free fire extinguishers, and they're just like, nay, not my problem. Nay. I don't care. And who has to bear the consequences of their their inaction? The children. Really? Oh. The children's <laughs> dreams 
They're destroying Ooh. their children's dreams. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Did, yeah, that's did, pretty How something. many gummies did you have before you watched this episode? You're really, <laughs> really tying some things together I, this episode. I love it. It just came, it just came to me. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> yeah, I think that's almost certain. Yeah, it has to be. Because this isn't a Swartz. This isn't a, what's his name? This isn't a Swartz welder. It's not. This is, <laughs> this is a more normal person. This is a Steve Tompkins. <laughs> it's a highly enjoyable episode over a uh, story overall. Sub sub episode. Um, I think this one was most relevant to me in the past because I loved Freddy too. So this was I understood the references. And some I of these movies. I mean, we talked about The Shining. Yeah, Looney Tunes. Talking about The Shining, like we saw the Shining episode of The Simpsons before we ever saw The Shining. I assume this might be the only one where maybe I saw Freddy before. I watched Freddy pretty young. Maybe not that young. We'll never know. Anything else for this for this one or should we get into the 3D madness? Let's get to 3D madness. All right. Homer cubed. Man, this is the first time, for me at least, probably for you I assume, first time watching this episode since we've actually watched Tron, right? Yeah, we could have said yes when he asked if anyone's seen Tron. Exactly. Exactly. No, I think that's no, this episode no. is probably the first time. <laughs> yes, I mean no. I feel <laughs> like this is the first time I'd ever heard of Tron seeing this episode. And based my whole perception of what Tron was based on this episode for a long time. Such is the power of the Simpsons, of course. Oh yeah. Yeah. Did this how did this hold up for you? Uh Yeah, it was it's probably my least favorite out of the three episodes. Yeah. There's good, there's good lines in it. There's, there's, it's probably a little uh, more cerebral and there's like clever little jokes that I read about that I didn't get. Yeah. Yeah, but it's probably. Like the, you're talking about like the codes and shit? That yeah, was in the there's a whole land. heap of background little cheeky nerd, nerd jokes in there um, what we can talk about. But, uh, yeah, probably my least favourite out of the three. Yeah, it's more of a novelty. It's a novelty. That's well said. Yes. What about you? Yeah, I I still enjoyed it, but yeah, I guess out of the it's less. It's a whole different thing. It almost feels like it shouldn't even be a Halloween episode, but it's um. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. There's something special about it. There's something sweet about it too. Like there's that sequence in there where he's looking at the fish and there's like really beautiful music playing, and it's almost <laughs> transcendent. Unprocessed fish sticks. <laughs> okay, here's something crazy that's not going to sound that crazy when I explain it. But it was crazy. It was a crazy thing for me because in my notes, I literally wrote in my notes uh, in, in with regard to the aesthetic of the 3D. I was like, obviously Tron, yes, but in terms of the textures of like Homer and some of those background images. It reminded me a lot of Mist. Remember the video game Mist? Yeah. Now, get this. They actually used something from Mist in it. That must have been what triggered it in my brain. I didn't honestly had no idea. I just Building. thought this reminds me of Mist. But apparently Homer passes by the library from Mist, a reference to the famed computer game of the era. Series creator Rand Miller later reflected on a call he received from the studio when uh, asked for permission to use the exact game graphics on the show. So, yeah, that was like a real thing. So it must have just unlocked an unconscious link there. That's cool. Crazy. Crazy. Well, the mist. Yeah. Um, and there were some other little. Did you, just, just uh, yeah. still on mist, did you, were you a mistman? Yeah, I never got past like the first chunk. Yeah, I couldn't <laughs> get out of the library. I was yeah, so right? desperate was... to have it and then my mate had it and then I just, I couldn't. It was. I couldn't figure it out. It was so cool. And I played it recently, well, not that recently, probably 10 years ago now on iPhone because those games are so small in terms of like megabytes and whatnot. Uh, I played it on my iPhone and got further than I'd ever gotten before because anytime I got stuck, I just Googled it because I could never crack the code for that safe and yeah, and I got much further. Mm. I wish uh, that might be worth a revisit. Anyway, there were some good low-key jokes in here that, again, not necessarily new to me, but made me laugh more than they used to, perhaps. 
Uh, like when Marge says, we better call Ned. He has a ladder. <laughs> it's just so great. <laughs> and he's just, he just sits in the lounge room on the ladder looking like this. <laughs> he's not adding any value. <laughs> Isn't he? Uh, I love it. <laughs> uh, uh, I also noticed a flaw in um, Patty and Selma's zinger. You know when uh, Marge says, "Do you see towels? If you're in the, if you see towels, you're trapped in the linen closet again." And he says, "I don't see towels. It's somewhere I've never been before." And then they go, "The shower." <sighs> but I would argue, Greg, that if he was in the shower, he would see towels. <laughs> yeah. So. <laughs> so take that. Burn. <laughs> Burn. You've pretty much just undone yeah. all the good work you've done in these three episodes. <laughs> oh, man. Did you have um, – you mentioned the Easter eggs in the 3D world. Did you have any other ones, the, the code thing? Uh, I can't remember what yeah, that was. Yeah, what were they? There was uh, – hang on, sorry. Yeah. So, well, the, the, the episode itself is a parody of the Twilight Zone. Yeah. Um, Little Girl Lost. I don't know if you had a chance to see that. I didn't. But that was good. The Twilight show about that zone. Um, But (laughs) in terms of. Okay. So there's a few in here. So they partnered with PDI, who's the DreamWorks. Well, before they were bought out by DreamWorks animation crew to make the episode. So they uh, put in the old Utah teapot, which is apparently a bit of a. That was the first ever. Um, 3D rendered object. Oh, cool. So they stuck a teapot, that's the mad. old Utah teapot in there. That's a, it's an in-joke with the uh, nice. computer graphics community. That's cool. According to Wiki. Um, and there was a bunch of maths equations, 1782 to the 12 plus 1841 to the 12 equals 1922 to the 12 for Flagon. Uh, this, I'm just reading this now from Wiki. Although a false statement, it appears to be true when evaluated on a typical calculator with 10 digits of precision. The answer is incorrect by approximately 7 times 10 to the 29. If it were true, it would disprove Fermat's last theorem, which had just been proven when the episode aired. So take that, Fermat. Slow, slow down, egghead. I have no idea what you're talking about. Uh, yeah, so as soon as you get numbers, there's some other there. bit that you decode and it says Frink rules. Yeah, this is all very, very beyond me, Tristan. Yeah. This, this is real David X. Cohen stuff because he does lots of that in Futurama as well. I think like all that alien language and stuff in there always says some Easter eggy type thing. Yeah, they are, they're yeah. much smarter than me. Um, oh, hey, okay, here's, here's, here's my attempt at astuteness on this one. Yes, I was thinking. He goes, okay, so The Simpsons is 2D and he goes into 3D world. Okay, just remember that. Uh, also, he's trapped in this 3D world behind the bookcase. Yes. His kids are on the other side and he's trying to get back to them. Is this not what happened in Interstellar in the third act? Whoa. Remember when Matthew McConaughey was trapped behind the bookshelf but he went from the third dimension to the fourth dimension and he's in like a, what do they call that? Cornfield Chase. Yeah, what's the what's that cube called the, in four D? The Zimmer cube. I forget. On Zimmer cube. The, Z- <laughs> the tesseract. He's in a tesseract, and so so it's the same thing. It's the same thing. So obviously Nolan's seen this episode. Yeah. Wow. That's deep, yeah. man. You've had a good episode <laughs> here, Tristan. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> this might be your most astutest yet. Really? Probably not. Probably not. But it's still good. <laughs> Should we get into the verdict? I don't even know how to do verdict in this episode yet, but we'll figure it yeah, out. Yeah, we'll just bumble through. I don't know what to say, really. I don't remember asking you a goddamn thing. I am the law. I'd like an answer to the question, Judge. I want to have them answered immediately. You can't handle the truth. What are you waiting for? Ah! Say what again? Say what again? I dare you. Nothing further. Your Honor. And that's all I have to say about that. 
All right. I mean, I guess there's nothing significantly outdated about this. Like even the 3D, it's not bad. It's just, it's a style choice that kind of still resonates. Uh-huh. Uh huh. So I, yeah, it's it's uh, you know it's not bad at all. It's aged well. FX test, I guess, along the same same lines. Bechtel test, I think it probably passes. There's lots of things happening that aren't. There's lots of female characters with names, and they're talking to each other. I guess about mm. stuff. Yes. Not so diverse in terms of race. Um, mm. no perhaps not at Hibbert. all. <laughs> yeah, just all yellow people. Mm. Um, it's pretty funny that part of our cultural relevancy test is did Simpsons do it? Well, well, it's it's a big fat yes in this case, they isn't it? Did it? <laughs> they did it all right. And man, I get. Let's just cut to the chase. This is, I think, this might be the most rewatchable piece of media we've ever covered. Like it's just so dense and short and short. Yeah, it's very easy to watch. Which factors into rewatch considerations? I watched it about four times this week. Really? I watched it maybe one and a half times, yeah. I think I, I watched it once full and then I just went back to some specific bits. Um, but, man, it was delightful every time. It was – it's so fucking good, man. Like this is fucking gold. Mm. Um, and, yeah, I would love to do more Simpsons episodes. So we'll, let's see how we go on that one. Indeed. If this episode turns out any good, maybe we will. Maybe. See how the- Do you have any recasties, Greg? <laughs> I did not have any recasties. <laughs> I thought maybe uh, 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 Billy Joel could play Homer Simpson. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I got. I like it. Uh, <laughs> not not an MVP thing so much, but I think as an adult rewatching, I do find Marge Simpson a lot funnier now. Oh, yeah. It's more an overall comment about the Simpsons. Yeah. Um, she plays an important role. Better call Ned. He's got a ladder. <laughs> yeah. Plays it's a so, great mom. So, yeah, it's just perfect. It's just she's right in that zone. Uh, I assume it's a rewatch for you too, Greg. Always. Always. Always, yeah. I'll probably watch a bit more yeah. Simpsons pretty soon, I would say, from this era. Yeah, it might have started something, yeah. Uh, what are we doing next week? Ooh, Greg, we're doing a bit of a random grab bag for the next three episodes. I was thinking we could call it No Theme November. Because uh, <laughs> <I like it. laughs> which I like ironically it. becomes a theme. Yeah. But we're going to do Bad Boys. Bad Bad Boys next week. Yeah, I watched Bad Boys last night. Oh, nice. I'll probably watch it tonight. Yeah. I didn't watch it on the plane. Um, Better on. And then we're doing Under Siege. Under Siege, yes. Aren't we? Long overdue. Long overdue. Uh, Outside of Glimmer Man, we haven't done any. <laughs> we haven't. We done. haven't done any Steven Seagal, which is <laughs> for like 180 yeah, episodes. It's pretty. It's, <laughs> yeah. So under siege started at the top. Yeah. And then uh, yeah. What was the, and then we're doing the game. The game, Macadella, Sean Penn. And then we'll probably get into some Christmas yeah. movies. I don't know. I had a bit of a look around. We're, we've gone pretty hard pretty early on the Christmas movies. It's getting harder. <laughs> They're getting more obscure. So yeah. let us know. If you've got a Christmas movie you want us to cover. Um, like Trading Places. Let us know. Oh, yeah. So Maybe that should, can be one of the earlier ones. We Lethal do. Weapon, we shouldn't have done. We should have done that as a Christmas. We should have. Well, we didn't, we didn't know. Well, is, is Die Hard, does Die Hard 2 take place on Christmas as I feel well? I like it could. I'm not sure. Yeah. I'd have to watch it to find out, unfortunately. <laughs> I started watching it because we're um, going to do it in their sequels app. Oh, uh, yeah. All right. Well, yeah, more on that soon. In the meantime, yeah, if you have a Christmas movie you would love us to cover, let us know. Maybe we'll let us vote know, up or something. Let us yeah. know. Let us know. I see what you did there. That was good. Yeah. Very good, Craig. And uh, good. give us some feedback on the Simpsons app if you want to hear more TV slash Simpsons stuff. Let us know. Let us know. Let us know. Yeah. <laughs> and until then, and hey, if you really like this episode, why not let us know by leaving a review mm. and uh, helping us out with the old podcast portals? Yeah. But otherwise, we'll see you next week. Yeah. Take care of yourselves and each other. <laughs> Bye.
Something tells me Willie's still out there and that he could come back any time in any form and kill us in ways we can't even imagine. Stop! I left my gun on the seat! Hey! Wait here, please! Oh, <laughs> 